everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome everybody to today's Future of Insurance podcast. I am thrilled today to have Lars Boeing, Vice President for Invent Insurance at Capgemini joining me, one of our strategic partners. Welcome, Lars. Well, thanks, Denise, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have a conversation with you. I always like to start out these podcasts because not everybody knows everybody. You know, the insurance industry is, is like a little village. Why don't you give a little background on yourself, our partnership with uh, Capgemini, and in particular about Invent, which is one of the areas of focus that I know you're very involved in with Capgemini and that we've had conversations about as well. So let me start with myself. I've been in the financial services industry for, what now, 23 years. I've worked in the industry but mostly on the consulting side. I joined Capgemini about 10 years ago. Maybe you can hear it. I'm not originally from the US. I was born and raised in Germany. Came over to the US in 2017, moved to New York at that time and living and breathing ever since here in this great city. I have worked with Capgemini on a couple of different accounts throughout PNC and life insurance working with great partners like yourself in various instances where we helped clients to decide on, you know, what would be the best system to really address their business needs, helping them to evaluate the right partners, helping them to stand up transformation programs to ensure that whatever decision they make, it becomes successful. So really trying to bring the best that Capgemini has to offer. In that sense, not only from an SI perspective, but also from a transformation strategic partner perspective and bringing that whole power of Capgemini to our clients together with Majesco as a partner for ours, helping insurers to transform and be uh, ready for the future. So one of the areas that you and I talked about that you've got a lot of background and experience in is, is around claims, which obviously has become a hot topic this year, you know, and it once was really considered to be that back office where now claims is really at the center of digital customer relationships. How and why is the claims operating model changing within an insurance organization and why should it change from what we've had for the last you know, half a century? And what examples do you have that are really forward thinking as it relates to claims and that future of claims? That's a long question. Let me try to unpack that a little. <laughs> I think by my excitement for claims driven by pandemic and other instances, the digital transformation within the insurance world really took up speed. And even before that, if you look at statistics, and those statistics might be already 10 years old or whatever, mostly people said, what is the reason for changing a carrier? About 70% of people asked at that time, and it's actually still true today, gave a bad claims experience as an answer. And that is because ultimately insurance is a promise to make yourself 
whole again financially once you are in time of need and once you need to reach out and pull your policy, right? That's some things that we hope never happens, but when it happens, I want this experience to be painless, fast, et cetera, because I'm already, depending on what it is that I'm claiming, in an emotional state of despair. So that's true. And that's why we started looking at claims as a service and not just, as you said, as a back office function, because it's the premier service that an insurer provides to an insured and really looking at it from designing it around the claimant slash customer experience, right? Most often claims are designed as an internal function. Processes are designed around systems, designed around organizational things, less so with the customer and customer in mind. That has now changed, expedited by the fact that digital has really pushed customer experience to the forefront of the discussion, which I'm very happy about because that's something that we've been saying for years now. And that also means that you have to look at your skill set in a claims organization from three angles. It's the business capabilities that you need. It's the technology capabilities that can support your business capabilities and then also the data capabilities that you need. Always trying to bring that customer-centric mindset in there and designing your processes with a digital-first mindset, I would say, because that's where we are going. And then bringing in a human element where it's needed to make sure that you can still differentiate yourself as a carrier in the marketplace. I'm not a believer that every single claim can be straight through processed. There are types of claims that can be done that way, but there are also certain types of claims where people still say, I want a human element in that. And that's because I was in an accident. I need to talk to somebody and they can calm me down. I have lost something very personal and valuable for me where I want somebody to take care of that in a personal fashion and where I'm not trusting the machine, quote unquote, to do that. So that's really where we see the journey going is really embracing technology, using AI, ML, and other things to help automate a lot of these processes, make them faster, less painful, but still providing that human element where it's needed and where the adjuster can add value and not just by copying data from one system to the other. And we have done this kind of thinking with a number of insurers in the past. One recent example is where we helped a carrier that was very confused with all the insurtechs out there and all the offerings that they weren't really sure how they would fit into their value proposition. We helped them to really think about what we call the North Star. So their strategic vision of what they want their claims organization to be, to service like in three to five years. We designed the customer journeys that would bring that vision to life. And then really also help them design and select the right technology, the right data assets that they needed. Think about where AI ML can help alleviate uh, some pain points that they feel from an operational, but also from a customer interaction standpoint, and then bring that all together. And what we did is we not only designed a nice looking and a great future for what the customer service and the claims area will look like, but we also helped them from a operational standpoint realize savings of about when they have implemented the full roadmap that we gave them of around 25 million annual cost savings operational-wise, not taking into account reduction in loss ratios, et cetera. So that's the thing that I'm most excited about. 
caught up the news, you know, last year from a loss ratio standpoint, the PNC industry really had had an impact with increased losses, particularly driven by auto last year. And now the first quarter of this year, it was just announced by AMBAS that property is driving losses for the PNC industry, where I think last year it was a 3.4 billion profit. And now this first quarter of this year, it's an 8.2 billion underwriting loss. The whole concept of risk and this growing and multi-layer type of risk that's driving these higher loss ratios and it's challenging profitability And it's also challenging customer experiences, quite frankly. It's really putting an increased focus on what I like to talk about is risk resilience, which means understand the risk in a much better way, minimize it or prevent it. And by understanding it and hopefully maybe minimizing it and preventing it, it, that can kind of flow into the underwriting process. We have a recent roundtable we did jointly with you guys, and we had a lot of conversation around this and about the exciting areas that are emerging here. Talk about what examples you're seeing. I know one of the areas that we've talked about jointly is how to use loss control. Now that property is dealing with a lot of loss, how do you do different underwriting, different data and analytics coming in, different sources of data? Talk about you know what you're looking at and seeing. I think you touched upon a very interesting topic just with recent news where you know one of the major carriers here in the U.S. announced they would pull out of California for yeah. new business because of wildfires, et cetera. So I think the climate change aspect of risk underwriting is, is, is very true. And you mentioned it, right? Property being now a cost driver in, in claim settlement. So I think that's a great call out. The things that we see is that a lot of insurers want to be, as you said, right? Want to be smarter when it comes mm-hmm. to really understanding what kind of uh, risk they're underwriting and how they can make use of different and new data sources to help them do that. And I think there is two things to that equation. One is where you see how you can price more dynamically, which is on the auto side, right? With all the offerings that we see around UBI and BDR products that use telematics as an input into discounts, rewards, these kind of things. And by also nudging people to drive safer in a more, let's say, fashion that is less dangerous to themselves and their environment. The other piece is that using more sources of data, environmental data, aerial imagery, et cetera, can really help make underwriting decisions and risk management decisions smarter, right? There's so many things out there that you can use these days where we have worked with Google, for example, on analytical models that take into account wildfires and what is the propensity of a property to be hit by wildfires in wildfire exposed areas and other models that you can use that insurers can then bring into the equation to properly price the risk um, and not do it like brush stroke, broad stroke kind of things that uh, as they have done in the past, but really tailor to things. And then use a, a platform like Majesco that allows for these AI models to run upon and bring these data sources in to inform their underwriting decisions. I think using data in an intelligent way is something that we see a lot and um, that influences the risk management of the insurance world going forward. Obviously, data is a, a big aspect of that. How specifically is IoT changing claims and that customer experience? 
I'll put a small commercial jingle in here for a quick uh, <laughs> second. That's something that we have looked at specifically from a mobility perspective in our latest World Property and, and, and Casualty Insurance Report 2023 that we just released, because that is a lot of things that influenced by connected devices, connected cars, etc. right? And the, the push to different modes of mobility that also have sensors. With the commercial now over, to answer your question, I think IoT, and as I would like to call it, connected insurance, is something that is going to influence a lot in the insurance world. I truly believe, and I really hope that my belief will come true, because it not only enables, as I earlier said, to underwrite risk better because you have a better data source and better data to learn from, but it can also help you to even prevent risks from happening if done right, right? Let's, let's assume you have some water leakage sensors that are connected and your insurer is monitoring these things, or you have some environmental sensors out there that monitor it. And that gives an insurer the right to have a more and more, more active and more frequent discussion in quote unquote discussion with their insured because they can provide meaningful insights. And we have worked with an insurer in that proposition where we said, let's take this, these insights that we can collect from intelligent devices at home, like a Nest thermostat, like an Alexa device, a ring camera, whatever it might be. And how can we use this to create a service that is not centered around insurance, but that has an insurance embedded in it where we create a service to make you a better homeowner, right? Because homeownership is still the American dream, but a lot of people are anxious about buying a home, owning a home, fixing a home, these kind of things. How can we take this anxiety and turn it into something positive of owning a home and knowing there is somebody out there that uses technology to look out for me, my property, my asset, but also helps me to become a better homeowner by giving me hints and tricks of how to repair things, or even if need may be, connect me to the right contractors to help me fix things once they're broken or even work on projects like upgrading my garage or whatever it might be. So IoT can do a lot of good things, not just from a risk management and potentially claims perspective of making them faster and easier to handle, but really also driving new services that insurers can provide and getting more frequent interactions with the insured. So, you know, some of those value-added services that you talk about, not just for mobility, but it can be kind of across any of the different product lines. And the idea that if you're assessing risk, that you could actually give them or some recommendations on how to avoid or mitigate that risk. But you could also have some value-added services that really proactively, and IoT fits into this, can proactively avoid or help mitigate risk. That adds a lot of value to a relationship and a customer experience. How does that shift kind of the fundamentals of insurance to more of an assurance kind of perspective? How does that create real opportunity, I think, for better profitable growth for insurers? Seems like you have read some articles of mine because I like to really- <laughs> I did. Good. I really like to think about this move from insurance to assurance and from insurance insuring assets to- helping me to secure my life, if you will, right? It's, uh, it sounds grandiose and let me explain what I mean by that. But you're right. First off, in the good old days, how often did an insurer 
really interact with their insured. Potentially once in a year when it was to send out the renewal for the policy. And then maybe every five to seven years when it came to having a claim event, right? That was the average. Now with the things that you mentioned, things that we spoke about earlier in the sense of value add services, an insurance company, if done right, gets the permission to have frequent interactions with their insured by notifying them about things, by giving them better tips and tricks, or by even upselling them to additional services that they might provide. I gave you that example of where we worked with that one insurer, Skipjami, with that one insurer to think about home ownership differently. And connecting somebody to a contractor could also mean that the I as the insurer facilitate that discussion and interaction between my insured and the contractor as the middleman, I would vet these contractors and make sure that they fulfill certain quality requirements. And I would potentially collect the fee from that, right? And that would give me additional income, but it also give me additional touch points with my insured. Same thing if I notified them about bad weather events that might come their way that would help them to potentially bring their car inside if a hailstorm was coming or, you know, whatever it might be. So there is a lot of opportunity that technology, data, and connected devices give us, but you have to do it smartly and not just come across in the sense of, here's another thing I could sell you. It really needs to be this valuable thing and service that I as an insured want. And that moves me to trusting my insurer even more, being concerned, which most insurers are concerned about my well-being of my asset, of my health, of, of my life, if you will, right? And that could even change the whole perception of an insurance being a nuisance that I potentially need to make sure that I don't have a very big financial loss to his stomach to something that is a valuable life partner to me throughout my whole life. So you talked about AI and machine learning technology, but you know, I want to talk about generative AI and chat GPT because it's like in every conversation kind of going on. And I know was just at InsureTech Insight in New York City at the Javits Center. And we profiled how Majesco is leveraging ChatGPT, we're calling it Majesco GPT, and we're pulling it in to make intelligent core, leveraging the data that's within the core, you know, either what we put in there to help guide people from a, you know, usability standpoint, or it could be the information that, you know, is in the notes or something that they're taking that they can use. And so, you know, where the data comes from versus off of the internet, but, you know, it's going to have the potential to really change insurance claims and do some really innovative things. But at the same time, you got to be a little bit cautious about it. Talk about your perspective on that, Lars. ChatGPT, I think, is, is now the synonym for really groundbreaking AI advancements that we see, right? Everybody is now talking about ChatGPT, even though we all know that ChatGPT, with everything that you just said, Denise, which is the knowledge and data that it needs to draw upon is, is a nice tool, but it doesn't really know things, right? So the things that I always advise my client on is, Generative AI is a great technology, but it needs to have knowledge to draw from to generate something, right? So as you said, if you couple as a technology like ChatGPT with your internal policy system, or you have it living on top of a Majesco system, for example, where all the policy data is present, 
then it can really help to drive up employee productivity by simply enabling, for example, a call center agent or contact center agent that I call with, hey, this happened, is this covered in within my policy to have to go into my policy, read through it, et cetera, and taking some time to do so, just using the technology and asking in plain language, this is what happened, is policy for X, Y, and Z covering that instance? And it will get the, the system will produce an answer that is to 95% correct. And in 95% of cases, it might come back and say, I am not too sure you need to check with an expert. But that's the use case that you can envision when it comes from an employee productivity side of things, right? Using it uh-huh. uh, on these databases. You can also use it for to expose it to your customers where you could then create a chat board that I, as a customer, could ask the same question, right? I'm having this kind of accident or this happened. Is my insurance policy covering that? With the right verification, et cetera, it might also give me the same answer, driving up customer satisfaction because claims bots, if we are really honest, the, the ones that we have seen in the industry right now are not really smart and not really helpful. In 95% of all times, I just saw a, a, an interesting statistic about it. People will still want to talk to a life agent, either through the chatbot or will in 60% of the time call into your contact center anyways. That technology can hopefully drive these numbers down and helping to free up a valuable time of adjusters to really focus on what they're supposed to do, adjusting claims so that the the customer gets the payout they deserve. Claims has been a topic for the last 20 years for transformation. And we started going from those big monolithic systems that were on the mainframe that did policy billing and claims all in one to really independent claim systems that eventually moved into the suite. But over that course of the time, A lot of those implementations in the last 10 years or so or more have been, they use new modern technology, but they're on-prem and they're highly customized. We're now seeing a new era of claims replacement happening. It could be replacing that system that maybe they only implemented 10 years ago with a new claim system, because now you've got it in the cloud. You're going to pay for it differently rather than pay for the software license. You're going to be based upon usage. And we're seeing companies not go into high customization anymore. They're taking more out of the box so that they can take all of the regular updates at a much more cost-effective way. And finding different ways to really kind of make that customer experience kind of unique without high customization. Talk about what you're seeing as the priorities and the focus in this new wave of claims transformation and what's going to be different this time around versus the last time, Lars. A lot of the things that you mentioned, Denise, excite me really because I think vendors like Majesco have done a great job not just building modern technology and software, but also helping their clients to understand that they might be insurer A or insurer B. Overall, claims processing is the same across the industry, right? Every insurer likes to think they are special. And of course they are in certain ways, but when it comes to settlement and claims adjustment and claims assignment, whatever it is, there are some fundamentals that won't change. And that's where configuration versus customization comes into into the play. And I think that's exciting on the one hand side because 
that helps to drive down these costs for these implementations and the maintenance of these things. It also allows to move into the cloud and take advantage of all the developments that Majesco and other vendors might do when it comes to improving their platforms, right? That's very interesting to see. I think to answer your question, what I see a lot is that insurers now are smarter about the fact that they really want to use these platforms to drive value. It is not just to upgrade technology to be able to service their customers on an ongoing basis and not fall behind because their technology is so old, their competition might be faster or quicker or more delightful to work with, but really also to drive value in the sense of efficiency, making use of more data, building in new partners and building an ecosystem through the APIs that a platform like Majesco provides and bringing in things that they might not have been able to do themselves before, like a fraud analytics software that is really state-of-the-art or other things, and building an ecosystem that helps them to drive further operational efficiency, but also customer experience. That's the trend that we are seeing as Capgemini, that it's the ecosystem API kind of economy and really looking for that value add that these things can bring and not just doing it all themselves. And insurers got smart about the fact that they are not the software vendors, right? They are providing a different service to their customers, but they can take advantage of what's out there in a better way to drive value, efficiency, and customer experience. It's going to be a different claims initiative this time of around. We've learned a lot the last 20 years, and hopefully we apply it to really make it last for the next 10 to 20 years. So one of the things I like to do, Lars, and I know I told you this ahead of time, is I'd like you to pick one word to describe the future of insurance and what would it be? And no pressure, but we've only had four or five duplicates in this. And I still, I mean, it's still only four or five. I mean, it's amazing how everybody has really kind of honed in on something really unique or different or a different way to phrase things. So Lars? What's your word or phrase and why? I hope I'm not one of the duplicates, but uh, my word would be exciting. Why is nope, that? That's a new one. Well, one of my anxieties already overcome. <laughs> Let me explain you why. And I think I've, I've tried to picture that throughout. I'm excited about where the industry is heading from a transformational standpoint in so many ways. On the one hand side, I think I've overstretched the word customer experience already throughout our discussion and really taking insured at the core of the things that we do as insurers is one of the things that I'm excited about. The other thing that I'm excited about is the throb of and the width and breadth of data that will be available for us to do better risk selection, better underwriting decisions and claims handling also. And, and drive everything that we talked about from efficiency to effectiveness to lower cost, faster, better claims handling. And it's also exciting to see how firms like Capgemini can help insurers bring this vision, this new vision to life and adapt to what's out there, how the society is changing quickly. I would say even faster than we have seen it before enabled by digital tools, enabled by innovation in the digital space, but also in the physical space. I mean, who would have thought that something like ChatGPT would change not only insurance, but society potentially fundamentally in the future. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the future of insurance. I'm excited about what the future will hold for insurers. 
and excited about how we as consultants, as Capgemini, and together with our partners like Majesco, can help insurers really prepare for that future, drive toward that future. And then I would say, I don't want to make too many plans because we all learned that plans can be obsolete in, in a blink of an eye, but what the next five to 10 years might look like and get there and really help this industry that is so fundamental for the economy transform and gear towards the next evolution of what it can be. I can agree with you more, Lars. I think it is an exciting time. And not only is it exciting about the possibilities of what insurance can become, but what's even more exciting is that we can actually hopefully close a lot of the protection gap that still exists out there in the marketplace. A lot of people are either not insured or underinsured and really put their livelihoods or put their families at risk. And I think that's the really exciting part to really kind of bring it home for the customer too. That's a great perspective, Denise, and I love that. I'll, I'll add that to my list of ex why I'm excited about all of this. I'm totally with you, Lars. Well, Lars, it's always great um, having a conversation with you, and we really value the partnership with Capgemini and the work that we're doing together. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to be doing some really exciting work together on behalf of our, of our insurance customers, but also their customers. So looking forward to that, Lars, and thank you so much for being a part of this. Likewise, thanks for letting Capgemini be a great partner to Majesco. And especially thank you for having me on your podcast. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lars. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.